Church, I have a word for you this morning that I'm trusting will inspire you to be thankful and worship in every season. That's the title of my message this morning, In Every Season Worship, which is the same as our, our backdrop, In Every Season Worship. And church, I'm bringing this word to you from a vulnerable place this morning. I'm bringing it to you from a place where in my own life, my own personal life, I have been very low, to be honest. Where I've probably been at one of the lowest places I've ever been emotionally and my anxiety levels have been at an all-time high. Is it okay if I'm a bit vulnerable with you this morning? I know that the past is always meant to have it together, but this is family, right? This is family. Amen. <laughs> so it's from this place that I ministered to you this morning, church. And, you know, I was in such a low place this week, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to bring you a word. And I know that sounds dramatic, like, you know, get over yourself and get on with it. <laughs> but I think you'll agree there are times in our lives, church, where we just feel like we, we can't do anything or can't say anything. We're in this, this state of inertia because we have been gripped by this anxiety, this fear or hopelessness. And it's a strange thing for me, really, because, you know, I'm a tough guy. I'm a strong guy, you know. I'm ready to take on a challenge or I'll always be the one to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to rise above it. I don't easily allow anxiety or, or fear to overcome my emotions. And in preparation for the Word this week, I was telling the Lord, Lord, maybe we should just have a worship service this week, you know? I was trying to get out of it. <laughs> maybe I should just step out the way and deal with my emotions because truthfully, I wasn't sure if I was capable of doing anything. You know, Lord, let me just get my emotions intact and I will preach next week. But as I was going through these emotions, the Lord clearly said to me, Preach through your pain. Preach through your pain because your pain can be a gift to someone else. And your pain can advance, can serve to advance the gospel. Right? And the Lord led me to some scriptures and teachings that, that really encouraged me. So here I am today and I'm trusting that what I've been going through and what the Lord wants to minister to us today will encourage you to worship in every season and that we would walk away from this place today with a different perspective. Amen? Amen. So this morning, church, we're going to look at the, the book of Philippians in chapter number four. And just to bring a bit of context for you, the Apostle Paul, as we know it, was a very strategic man. And one of his top goals in life was to go to Rome to preach the gospel. Because Paul knew if he could reach the leaders in Rome because of its, its power and its influence, he believed he could influence a big portion of the world. So his desire was to go to Rome to preach the gospel. The problem, however, as it unfolded, church, is he, he did get to Rome, but not as a preacher. He arrived there as a prisoner. And in fact, most of us know he was writing these letters to the church. He's writing it from a prison cell. He's locked, locked up under a careful watch from the Roman guard awaiting trial, and month after month goes by. He doesn't have a clue what's going to happen to him. He doesn't know if he's going to be executed or if this is the end of his life. And if there's anyone that had the right to be anxious, it's the Apostle Paul, who's awaiting judgment for something that he was wrongfully accused of. He could have been unbelievably anxious about his, his future, and it's out of this context that he, he writes this in, in Philippians chapter 4, and we'll pick it up from verses 4 to 6. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Out of the place where he could have been overwhelmed and overcome with, with panic or anxiety or fear, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, church, that's a perfect verse for a, for a T-shirt or a, or a bumper stick or something that you'd put in a frame and hang on your study wall. That's a perfect uh, verse to quote to your friend if they're going through something difficult, even though that's probably the last thing that you want to hear when you're going through something tough. It sounds like the perfect thing to say, right? But seriously, rejoice always. I mean, rejoice when I find out that my, my business partner has been sitting from me. Rejoice when I find out that my, my wife or, or my husband has been lying to me. Rejoice when you lose your job and you don't know how you're going to pay the bills at the end of the month. Rejoice. Rejoice when your best friend betrays you or your partner cheats on you. Come on. Rejoice when you find out that your child has, has fallen into addiction. Rejoice when you can't sleep at night and the anxieties and, and hopelessness feel so real that you, you feel like you're losing your mind. Rejoice in all of that. And church, out of that context, awaiting his judgment, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. And he talks about anxiety, he says, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, not in some situations, not only when it's going good in life, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? But church, how could Paul rejoice when he's in prison? How could he praise God when he, he wanted to preach this gospel to the masses and yet he ends up in a prison cell where he can only speak to his cellmates and the prison God? Well, church, I think the answer lies largely in our perspective. It's all about our perspective, the perspective of our praise and worship in our season. So what does perspective mean? Perspective very simply means how you see something. In other words, two different people can look at the same thing and they can look at it from two different perspectives, right? Two different viewpoints. It's all about perspective. In fact, the word perceive in Latin actually means to look through. It means to look through. So life and the experiences in life, church, are largely the perspective through which you and I look. Just think about that for a moment. You know, the Apostle Paul could have looked at his situation at face value, and you know what he could have said? This is really hopeless. This is not good. This is a perfect situation for anxiety. How can I function? My, my ministry is over. My dreams for the church are done. This could have been catastrophic. Can you imagine if the Apostle Paul had given up at that stage? How much of the New Testament which would we have received? He could have said, my God has let me down. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and depression, hopelessness. I'm quitting life. This, I'm done with this. I just can't face another date like this again. 
Can anybody relate to those type of, that type of thinking and emotions from time to time in your life? And you see, church, we look at our circumstances and say, this is bad. I've got anxiety, and it's getting worse. I can't breathe. I can't function. I, I just can't do this anymore. But instead, what the Apostle Paul did is he, he looked at a very fearful, a very hopeless situation, but he looked at it through a perspective of praise and worship. He said, we're going to rejoice in the Lord always from this perspective. And he said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, all this turmoil, everything that looks so bad, everything that has brought me to this place has actually served to advance the gospel. In other words, in every season, I'm going to be thankful and worship. I'm going to worship my God despite what I'm going through. I'm going to change my perspective because I've realized that my God will never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. Amen. I've also come to realize that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. My God is working for good in all things. Amen. And I see that what really happened has actually served to advance the gospel. You see, Paul is looking from a different perspective. This wasn't the first time that, that Paul was in prison. Actually, if you look at Acts verse, uh, chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they, they're on their way. They're walking to a place of prayer. And on their way there, they meet this woman that is possessed with an evil spirit. So they do the good thing. They do the right thing. They cast this devil out of this woman. And then the crowd attacks them. A fight breaks out. A riot ensues. They get beaten by the crowd. And then they get ordered to be beaten by the magistrates. This is what it says in verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Now, church, I'm hoping that you will not be stripped of your clothes and beaten with rods this week. I'm hoping that you won't be arrested for your faith this week. But there are some of you who might be stripped of your confidence. There are some of you who might be stripped of your hope. Or you're stripped of your faith right now. You're trying to, to have hope and, and to have faith, but you just can't seem to find it. You just can't seem to, to grab a hold of it, you know? You're crushed down with anxiety. You're crushed down with your, your fears and your doubt. And you're doing everything you can to hold on to your faith, but the anxiety and hopelessness feel so real that you just can't seem to push through. You just can't seem to get through to the other side. The apostle Paul and Silas were doing everything right. And yet they were beaten and thrown into prison. And church, just picture this for a moment. They're in prison, maybe with a few broken bones. They're wiping the, the blood off their brows, aching and in pain. And you know what they decided to do? They probably said to each other, well, things are really bad. This is unfair. Let's have a worship night. Yeah, that's what they did, right? <clears throat> and church, it would kind of be the equivalent of you finding out that someone in your family has a life-threatening illness, and you say, hey, let's get together and worship God. Or you know what, I've lost my job, I've, I've lost my, my business, let's get the church together, let's get our friends together, and we're going to worship our King. That's kind of what it's like. But you still think to yourself, how did they do that amongst those circumstances? It's a matter of perspective. You know, church, when I was 
working through my anxiety this week, sitting down with Pastor Ronell and discussing it, she really is my everything in life. I was explaining to her this unusual feeling of, of anxiety because, you know, I've never experienced anything like this before. And you know, just in discussing what you're going through with someone that, that cares for you, it changes your perspective. Because it helps you realize that sometimes you begin to look at your life through a perspective of anxiety or fear or hopelessness. And church, the truth is when you take a, a step back and you look at the whole picture... The fact that you have your health, the fact that you have a, a loving, beautiful wife who supports you, the fact that you have these beautiful children who are a gift from God, the fact that God has brought you through so much in your life and you still have a hope and a future, the fact that God is working in you and through you and you are a part of His greater plan and that you have the privilege to, to preach this gospel, this beautiful gospel, you realize that maybe, yes, amen you realize that maybe you've been looking from the wrong perspective. And maybe you're not in as much trouble as you thought. At church, I started to realize this week that the reason why I was, I was panicking so much and why I was filled with so much anxiety is because I was only looking at what's wrong. I wasn't also looking at what's right. And I don't know who this is for today, church, but there's someone here today and you have an issue. And it's big. And I'm not minimizing it in the least. Please hear me this morning because I don't know what you're going through. But don't forget to look at the whole picture. I mean, do you have friends? Maybe you do. Do you have family that cares for you? Maybe you do. Do you have your health? Do you have a, a glimmer of, of faith left? Do you have like this mustard seed kind of faith left? Because you know what that type of faith can do? It can move mountains. Do you have a church of people that care for you? In this church, amen, definitely. Don't just look at what's wrong. Also, look at what's right. I mean, church, how could they, when they be beaten and falsely accused, worship God? Maybe they said to each other, well, this looks like a diabolical situation, but you know what? I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not done. And church, if you've got a lot, lot of bad happening in your life, a lot of a situation that is, is hectic in your life at this moment, at least you can say, I'm not dead. And if I'm not dead, I'm not done. And you can start to look at it through a different perspective. And you just go ahead and worship God. This is what Paul and, and, and Silas did. Let's look at what it says in Acts 16 verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, church, I want you to notice that they were praying and they were singing hymns when they were bound up in prison. In other words, God had not delivered them from the prison yet, right? There was no miraculous provision. There was no miracle yet. And you see, church, they weren't praising God at this moment for what He could do. They were just praising Him for who He is. Right? Come on. This was praise before the provision. This was praise before the breakthrough. It was praise for the character and the nature of God. It wasn't praise for what they had already seen. It was just praise for who this magnificent God is of ours. Can we just give Him a praise for a moment? 
So church, we know the end of the story, right? It's the, in the middle of their praise, God's going to shake the cell with an earthquake. The doors are going to swing open and their chains are going to fall off, right? And church, why am I telling you this right now? Why is this important? Because knowing what God has done, but what God did not do when, when Paul was in prison in Rome, brings way more power to the truth when he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Because Paul knew from Rome the power of God could deliver him from the exact same problem. He knew that God could do it again, but he didn't, not in that moment. And yet he still offered him praise. And church, can you see how that brings a different meaning to, to the idea of rejoice in the Lord always? Because rejoice when he delivers you, rejoice when he doesn't. Because this is praise, this is not praise for what we see. This is praise for who He is. This is a, a deeper type of praise. This is a worship in every season. And you know, church, this is what really hit me this week in preparation for this message and what I was going through in my own life, this basic truth. Because in the past, I may have had compassion for you, but not deep empathy. Because I hadn't experienced this feeling myself. And the Lord showed me through, this, through His Word that I can now speak to a group of people who are going through the same thing. And that's when, it, that's when it hit me. That's when it really dawned on me. Because through a bad perspective, church, you know what? I can't handle everything. I can't handle everything that, that life has thrown at me. But through a perspective of praise and worship and adoration, church, I want you to know that what has happened to me, I actually believe, has served to advance this beautiful gospel more effectively. You know what I'm... Amen? Because what I'm going through right now will actually help somebody else. And church, I don't know who this is for today, and, I, and I'm not going to tell you that if you just begin to praise that your, your anxiety is going to disappear. It might, but it might not. But what I will tell you, church, is that worship will change your perspective. It will change your perspective. And church, when I realized if that's what it takes for, for me to fulfill my calling, to offer life, to offer, offer hope and faith and love to people who are hurting, to direct them to Jesus, if it takes some real anxiety and hopelessness to get me to the place of effectiveness, then bring it on, Jesus. Change me, mold me, use me. Because what has happened to me, church, has actually served to advance the gospel. And suddenly there was purpose connected to my pain. There was purpose. There's purpose to our life, church. There's purpose to what we're going through in life. And you may not see the fruits of it now, but what you're going through, church, might just be a ministry to somebody else later because you're experiencing the grace of God to get through it. Your pain can be someone else's gift. It can be someone else's gift. It's all a matter of perspective. So I'm going to be wrapping up shortly this morning because we're going to go into a powerful time of, of praise and worship. And I'd actually like the worship team to please come forward. We're going to raise the roof of this place this morning. Amen? I want you to, church, you can actually stand with me. I want you to start to make this personal for yourself this morning. I'm going to read in the text, and I want you to take your situation that you're going through, whether it's financial, whether it's your health, whether it's emotional, whether it's a spiritual attack that you're under. I want you to start to make this person. I want you to get excited with us in this place today. 
Acts 16, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Everyone's chains came loose. And I want to make this personal specifically for you this morning. It's midnight in your life. There's no visible reason for you to praise God. You're in jail in your mind, with your finances, with your health. You're battered, you're broken, you've got battered bodies through what life has thrown at you. But you know what? You start to think, I'm still alive. I've still got breath. My God is still on the throne. Jesus is risen. He's at the right hand of the Father and He's interceding for me. Why don't I just give Him a little bit of praise? Why don't I just worship Him? Yes, there's a lot of reason for me to feel anxious or, or hopeless right now, but I'm going to start to praise Him. Church, Paul and Silas, they're worshiping God for who He is, not just for what He might do in the middle of their worship. But then, then suddenly, tell the person next to you, then suddenly, the ground shakes, the doors fly open, the chains come loose. In the middle of their praise, in the middle of their worship, and you know, church, you might find out that the key that unlocks your miracle today is the sound of your worship. And I don't know who needs this today, church, but somebody in here is going to want to worship our God even in the middle of their pain, even in the middle of the situation that seems hopeless, even in the, in the situation that on the surface seems like you're done. Come on, church, we're going to praise Him this morning. And Jesus... We are going to proclaim in this place, we will praise you when we feel you and when we don't. We will praise you in the prosperity and in the pain. We know, God, that what is happening to us eventually by faith will actually serve to advance this beautiful gospel. We are not praising you for what you can do for us. We are praising you for who you are. Come on, let's just give him the greatest shout of praise that we've ever given in this place. His name is Jesus. His name is above every other name. He is risen. He is with you. He will never, never leave you or never, ever forsake you. Let's just lift up the name of Jesus in this place, church. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we're going to have chains broken free this morning. Chains are going to be loose in this place.